I remember when I quit, my logic was simple. It was that if I play one or two more shows a week, I'll have, I'll be just as broke, but I'll have more time to surf. What we consider to be limiting versus defining factors in both our personal lives and our businesses and our projects, because for me, many of those have actually been the reason I have success. And so G'day, g'day. Welcome back to another episode of A Lot to Talk About. It is your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Bradley J. Drybra. Of course, you can all call me Brad because if you're a fan of the show, I'm a fan of you. And as always, it's an absolute blessing to be in the driver's seat sharing incredible stories with incredible guests and today's guest is someone I've been a huge fan of for a long time. I can't wait to get into the origin story of how this come about because that's always one of my favorite things to do is talk about how I've connected with today's guest but I want to give him an introduction he deserves and you know we always roll it freestyle so let's see what I got. Today's guest is an award-winning recording artist. He's one of Australia's favorite sons. You could say his message is all about meaning but he makes some bloody hits too. Ladies and gentlemen, from your home, your car, or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the one, the only, Mr. Ziggy Alberts. How are you, brother? I'm better after that intro. Mate, you Jeez. deserve it. You deserve it. Mate, you, it's, it's funny with you, Ziggy. Like, when I announced that you were coming on the show, so many of my mates, and just so many people who listen to the show were so pumped. One of my mates actually said to me the other day, he goes, I'm the biggest Ziggy fan. He goes... I literally wake up and here's my alarm clock in the morning. <laughs> so, That's so, you know, cool, I don't know whether you ever intended on any of that to be the case. And, and that's really one of the things I want to kick this show off on. You know, when I observe you, when I listen to your music, it's so apparent to me that, you know, and, and I've been blessed enough to meet you face to face. And I can say that you're the most humble down to earth guy. You're such a good fella. And everything in your music is about meaning. It, there's something genuine behind what you play on stage or what you record in a studio. And to me, that is so rare in this day and age, a day and age where so much of what's created and made, not just in the music space, but in whether it be social media, movies, um, television, is about what's going to get views or listens and grab attention. So I ask you a question which might sound quite unusual to many of the audience, but did you intend on Ziggy Alberts being the household name that it is because it feels like you were just a lad who had such a passion and purpose behind this that it could have almost just happened all by accident yeah man, that's um thank you and that's a, a beautiful question and a really nice one to start off with and the short answer would be overarchingly no yeah, I, I did not have, I did not have a plan. And I mean, something that comes to mind was my original thinking on when I quit my job in 2013, I quit my last cafe job, you know, and just some, some way, somehow I would do music. I, at the time I was doing a couple of shows a week, just locally um, and doing my cafe work during the week and was serious about it but not that like 110% committed like I've been for the better part of a decade now and I remember when I quit my logic was simple it was that if I play one or two more shows a week I'll have I'll be just as broke but I'll have more time to surf 
you know, and so it wasn't this, uh, it wasn't this big career move. It really was in that moment. I just figured, A, it would, it would make me happier, but it wasn't this big plan. Um, and my, I'd lucky, lucky to have the support of my folks who were like, when else? Like you're, I was 18 or 19. Like, you know, you've got my little Corolla, Tiffany, you know, my little four-door hatchback Corolla, you know, that I had yeah. and, and a guitar and some basic music gear and, and my boards. And it was just this, you know, this is even pre-van. The thing that I think has given me most of my um, success, quote unquote, was that I was just really, really totally engrossed in in that moment. For me, like mm. it, it takes me back to a memory of being in the car park at Tallow's in Byron getting changed you know after a late night late arvo surf you know and rushing to get to this little cafe show and it's freezing cold you know it's probably winter it's july and i just didn't think the world could get better you know like i was just there me and my little hatchback sleep on couches sleep wherever i could and like life just to me couldn't like get better it was this great adventure and in that sense i've felt that way about most of my um for for almost all parts of my career there was never really a moment and I've talked about this a lot with friends there was never this moment where I I my approach wasn't I'm playing oh I'm playing to 40 people in Berlin my approach was like oh my gosh I'm playing to 40 people in a house in Berlin how incredible is that you know and that was just something that wasn't I didn't try that. That was just how I felt about those experiences. You know, I wasn't like, well, they could, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I wish there was more people at the show. I was like, no, no, this is unbelievable. You know, I'm here playing music to people on the other side of the world. Whereas perhaps maybe um, for some people, or if you get caught up, I guess, in that perspective, which is easy, may I add, it's easy to get caught up in perspective of that more, more, more particularly when it comes to audiences, you know, I could compare myself right now to, um, you know, I could compare, compare myself against to Tash or I could try and compare myself to, I mean, Billie Eilish comes to mind because she's coming out to Oz, I think soon. And if I did that, then yeah, I'm not doing as well as them. But for me, um, I didn't treat those first shows, even the ones on the streets, they were immense opportunities. And today would still be opportunities that I'm really thankful for. And I guess in that sense, I feel like what probably people pick up on was throughout the years, I am just quite stoked about doing exactly what I'm doing. And that gave me a lot. And I tried to lean on that in the other areas of my life because I always did music for the sake of doing it. Like I busked for busking. Mm. I never knew that I would busk. And that'd be the reason that'd be the Norwegian girl there who's, you know, Amelia, who's a good friend of mine, who would then host my first house show in Norway, which was why I played the first festival in Norway. Cause on the train on the way there, someone pulled out of the festival and I got the slot. Like I wouldn't have known. I didn't know that would be the case. I just busked because I did a for a, I wasn't doing a for B. I was doing yeah, okay. a for a. And that I think's given me much of my opportunity that I have. I, I love hearing that so much because I can connect with what you mean when there's a, a great passion, a connection of purpose to what you do. It's, it's a joy anyways, regardless of the outcomes and regardless of the milestones along the way, you love it for what it is. Like you said, doing A for A. 
and hearing you talk about all of those little instances where just something goes right. I think that's, that's what happens when you allow life to take you by the reins and just you run with it. And, you know, I, I sat there and I thought of a fond memory of mine. I played a little bit of guitar in my sort of early teens and I was absolutely horrible. Um, I was maybe one grade above smoke on the water if you could grade <laughs> it on a scale, but I still remember sitting with one of my, one of my best mates, Ben, and I said, Hey, let's go busk in Kiraville village. And he goes, you reckon? And I'm like, yeah, why not? And we sat there and we bust for about half an hour and we made 50 bucks and all that stoked. And I think it was more pity cash, but I look at what you've done there and that, that joy that you talk about and music brings that to people and passions in people's lives, bring that to people. And I'm just so happy to see you where you are, Ziggy, doing what you're doing. And I want to talk about our origin story and why it stood out to me that I needed to have you on the show because it was a Sunday morning. And as I do every Sunday morning, I was down the beach for a run down at North Kiosk. And I remember walking down and I seen you from probably 10 yards away and we looked at each other and we said, g'day. And then we had a chat whilst we're standing in line at the kiosk. And you said something to me that, It's confused me ever since, but in the best way, you said, we've met down here before, haven't we? And I remember thinking, yeah, we have. But at the time, I didn't realize you were Ziggy (laughs) Halbert. And like (laughs) at the time, I just thought, you know, this is a nice, like really nice fella down here. And I thought you must have been a local or something. But then I remember the second time seeing you and thinking I'd met Ziggy Halbert before without realizing I'd met Ziggy Halbert. And I obviously knew who you were this time and we had a great chat. And one of my, one of the things I said to you, I thought I've got a pitch to get this guy on the podcast because I, I really love what you're about. It connects with the message of my show, which is all about uplifting and inspiring hope in others through story. And I think your music connects with that. And I remember just making a comment on that. The fact that you'd not gone the commercial route in the sense of just make like a pop song a hit. And I'd, I'd love that there was such a sense of connection to what you were trying to achieve in life and a bigger purpose where does that come from? Has that been you forever since you started writing and, and playing music? Or is this you maturing and growing as a human being and starting to connect with the issues that you want to try to help solve behind a guitar? Hmm. Yeah, man, I remember I remember meeting at the North Beach kiosk as far as yeah, I remember that. And I'm 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 proud to say I'm pretty good with faces. I mean, it haunts me somewhat, um, my memory in some ways. It's pretty full on um, because I do remember a lot of things, um, but I have plenty of joyous ones like that. Um, as soon as Shelly um, at the label here, she was like, oh, yeah, they're going to do this podcast. I knew exactly straight away um, who she was talking about. And I guess on the note of purpose, I can tell you when – it became most apparent. I think there's the formative years. I always was trying to sing from the heart. And that was largely, it was like my diary. It was also how I could communicate with myself, you know, particularly first off, it was a way to communicate and then connect with people, connecting with people is probably connecting with people for the joy of connecting with people is a big part of my life. Uh, just as a, as a person. Um, and I would say there was a key point in about 2015 and at that juncture, I remember um, a couple of events in my life that made me question my identity 
and it made me ask like where where am I going and what on earth if anything is different about what I'm doing and by this point I'm already two or th- at least two years in um, two or three years in and I was doing house shows and really grassroots um, quite punk in hindsight which we can you know almost we can touch base on after this um, I was already doing things different but I guess in 2015 I became really clear about what I was trying to do particularly when it became to a live show and for me it was just about creating a space of um, togetherness and creating a space where we all put our baggage down of different upbringings and different religions and different experiences and joys and trauma and we came together to be together for one night and to sing and feel with community for a for lack of a better word, you know, and that became really apparent to me. That that's what I was out to do and why, why I was doing music. And in that sense, um, that formed, I guess, a basis for so many decisions moving forward after that was just about, you know, I mean, that's why we called the label common folk um, that we started because it was, you know, by, for the people, by the people is the way I felt about it. It was just like, we're just, by the people for the people and so in 2015 I kind of I guess solidified that was a beautiful step forward in like right I'm here to to create and also create like really fun adventures and magic moments where like just recently I went on this surf trip and I was and I played a couple little like pop-up shows at this general store and it's a campsite an hour and a half from the nearest petrol station and I played you know a couple pop-up shows there and you're playing a pop-up show on the edge of the ocean under the moon you know after surfing for the better part of 12 hours and like those for me are like just these hilarious moments that are almost make-believe and that was really inspiring for me I found so doing these crazy backyard shows that were just based on trust you're turning up to someone's house and they've got 100 people turning up in their backyard and someone's dad is wearing high vis setting up parking, you know, like as in like legend and creating all these really make believe moments that like that were memories that I'll have forever playing a surf hostel eight hours from Oslo in Norway and playing in this fjord and the tiny little leaky garage again, nestled in the fjord and the edge of the ocean and like just stuff that like, like is escape and you create, you try and be part of creating that. And that I think is two of the foundations trying to create beautiful spaces like that and create these memories that almost make believe and then um, foster togetherness and community and, and connection with people. Those became driving forces that have um, been the principal basis, I guess, of the last seven years. And I've made many decisions easy and many of my decisions in being independent for example easy and yeah it's just been a guiding you know a guiding way of of how I've approached my music and my life since that point you know what Ziggy it's uh, I love that and I love hearing that because it's something that I probably need to hear at this point in my life I feel like coming from a corporate background you know I've, I've been out of my job for two and a bit years now but I was in real estate for a long time and it's quite calendar driven and it's quite um, results driven and ultimately I fell out of love with that and found purpose and passion in storytelling which I'd always had with me but there's a sense of freedom that comes with storytelling and music and art and, and all of these creative endeavors that 
I think is hard to embrace when you come from a corporate background, because, you know, we're told that you've got to have a plan and there's got to be direction and you've, you know, what's your five-year plan? What's your three-year plan? And I feel like sometimes that cage of a plan can kind of like stop you from going where you go or where you need to be. And at the moment, one of the things I actually wrote in my journal just the last couple of days was, you're the author of your story. So write what you wish to read, but remember that the pen cannot write what the mind cannot see. And, mm. and I feel like it's the same thing when you create a picture of what it's supposed to look like. It's hard to see anything else and it's hard to be open to opportunity that asks you to come in another direction. And I'm really at the moment trying to just be intuitive and be free with it and let it happen the way it's meant to, to take myself away from the construct of what success is supposed to look like and just embrace where my two feet are right now. And that is probably my biggest challenge in life right now, because every part of me wants to plan and every part of me is such a dreamer that I know where I want to be. I'm just trying to rocket ship my way there. And, and I've had to be, be really aware that I'm not really enjoying the journey if that's what it's about. And so hearing you say that is what I need to hear right now. But man, and this is a very clear point for me, is that these are things that where music has been like a great teacher to me and my journey in music has been a wonderful teacher to the rest of my life because that that isn't me across the board. I have that exact struggle right now on a couple of different fronts where... I'm in that same exact, the same sentiment you're just describing. Like I, I still battle that. I still want to have things neat. I want to plan stuff. And I'm like, and then I'll do this and then it'll be tidy and this will look like this and then I'll be happy. And so I'm, and you just, we, I guess what seems apparent to me is you have to just keep coming back through that illusion and take the reminders of inspired conversations and take the reminders of those dream moments out in the desert you know, to be like, oh, that's beyond the construct of my mind. That's what really makes me happy because I do, I get caught in as much as anyone, you know, as in I'm, I'm freaking 28, um, giving my best shot at trying to be a director of a record label in a publishing house. I have no idea what I'm doing and I'd like to have answers and I'm trying to be responsible to the people I love here and do my best job, but I don't know. Like I'd, I, I'm just trying to figure shit out as well. And so that's just to say that we all face that in different areas of our life. And I certainly feel like perhaps also in the recent time where planning has been threatened so much on a societal level and everyone's the rug got pulled out from everyone underneath their feet. Perhaps also it's how we also trying to have some semblance of like, surely I have some, surely I have some directive over my life you know, is what, is what you were trying to cling to something like that, you know, but that's where I always keep trying to return to, you know, the A for A, which is literally like one of the most beautiful and big challenges. It's like, how can we do A for A? Because that's where all of my, that's where I have the great teacher of my life in music is that like, I primarily have done A for A, like the latest records. I didn't, I didn't have to do them. You know, I just was like, I need to do them. It's a deep passion mm. desire to try and be make music in this minute and release it real time. It can be companions to people in a time of what has been a yin and yang, light and dark. And but that's not because I should be doing it. I'm doing A for A. If anything, to be honest with you, it's like the amount of music I've released the last couple of years. 
is it what I should have been doing? Maybe not. But again, it's just like I'm doing it because it's what I need to do. And I've yet to be failed by that. It's not an easy path and it's easy to forget in other areas of your life. And I'm as much as anyone um, at the pressure or the, uh, I fall for the, I, dude, I, like, I fall for the illusion of wanting to know all the answers and the void of this time for me is like, that's been the biggest lesson. That's what I learned when I went away just a couple of weeks ago when I was away off reception and out in the middle of nowhere was just actually mummikin mummikin who's john butler's wife and she's an amazing musician to our own um, regard we got to connect while i was away she was out there in the desert as well and she was like man it just sounds like you're in the void you know and she like, just embraced the void and had this really she had this beautiful message for me and i was like thanks danielle you know um important reminder because it's super scary being out in the middle mm. of nowhere on a um, mental spiritual or level in your life you know where you're like i should have shit together and i don't feel like i do and i haven't got it all neat and tidy and that's continuing to let go of that i find is one of the challenges and one of the fun parts as well when we do i feel like that what you just said there is going to be so powerful for so many of the people who listen to this show a big part of this audience is between those ages of like 23 and 40 and i feel like you know i'm i'm not far uh, behind you i'm 26 at the moment and you're getting to that part of your life where you're supposed to have it all figured out. You know, like that's the societal construct is, you know, at 30, you've got it figured out. You've got your partner in crime, who you're going to do life with. You've got, you know, the the bricks on a solid foundation and you're settled down, you're in a great job. And I'm, you know, I've gone away from all of that to go on this journey. And so I love meeting people who are on that same path because it's inspiring and it uplifts you so much. And just to know that, you know, everyone, the, the story that we're told in life or the story we're being educated on, for some people that works amazing. And if, if that's you and you embrace it, I'm so happy for you. But for me personally, I've had to get really comfortable with the fact that financially I might move like this where others are moving like this. And, you know, I had to sell my apartment to continue to fund the dream. And like, I've poured my heart and my soul and everything I have into this. So to hear you talk about that, it really starts to make sense why you are the way you are and why you're making these decisions in your life. You know, I look at the decision to, to be independent and to start your own label. And I can sense that it comes from that need for freedom, that need to be mm. completely and utterly who you are. Is that the case? Absolutely. And I have found, I meant, and I didn't even have the foresight of what, for example, the last couple of years would have been like if I was on a major label insofar mm. as having the freedom to release the songs and talk about what I would like to speak about um, for right or wrong, accurate or not, I just don't think would have been possible. I know wouldn't have been possible. And I didn't even have that context when we started the label four years ago. Four years ago, it was just like, I was actually quite inspired by people like Chance the Rapper, for example, who... Yep was at least until this point or recently was in fully independent doing amazing things through city. And so I looked to people like that and I was like, where, you know, and it was a cool, and the label you know, had at that time, all the label deals on the table. And I nearly took one of them in particular because they were independent, have done it right. But it just became this, what if it's possible? What if it's possible? And I, as no, I could not, 
yeah, making the decision to stay independent, making that decision with my um, with my father and my older sister, who I started the label with, was paramount. Like because also I just went for sometimes it, sometimes it's not really super deep to be honest. Sometimes it's like for me really simple in the sense of my maths was on a deal on a traditional label deal. I'd have to do three times as well as what I was doing to be in the same position. And I was like, yeah. I don't need to be, I don't need to be three times more known to be in the same position. I prefer to be not be, I'd prefer to be a third well known and do exactly what I'm doing now. I don't want to have the pressure to be in the same position now to go have to, because to do three times better than what I'm doing now, like that's a lot. And no one has the magic equation on that like it's just down to whether your songs land or not you know if they land with people and that's not a given and so um yeah man i have found so often my my personal desire for safety has not offered me much happiness and that's mm. a hard pill to swallow because many things that we strive for in our society and when we get caught up which again is not wrong but there's plenty of clear examples of people having everything in what would be considered everything in our current Western society. And it literally does not equal happiness. And moreover, it's quite harrowing. And I feel lucky to have had the success I've had because I can, it's ridiculous and amazing to play the amount of people that I do, but it, it does not help me sleep at night. It's not, it's not the thing, the things that help me, the things that bring me peace are like my personal practices that have nothing to do with this, the things that bring me peace. Um, I, I, there's even times you wish those things would bring you peace and safety and assurance. For example, the apartment that you're talking about, you know, like you go, this pretty cool safety, right? This, this means yeah. I'm secure and I've got this and it's neat. And it's not to say we shouldn't have those things. It's just to say that they, I'm continually shocked how much my desire for my personal desire for safety to have things safe and have things neat to have it like this. Often, not only do they seem not to provide me my happiness, they seem to also be some part of where I find myself unhappy. Mm. And then I'm out, you know, jumping off the rock at this wave, jumping off the reef pre-dawn in the dark, you know, <laughs> with, with, what, with my mate, you know, throwing myself into waves on an adventure where everything can go wrong and I'm happy as a pig in mud. And so that's just like an interesting observation for ourselves to see where our true happiness lies and sometimes taking the risk to do the podcast full time. That's, you know, that might be the thing where you found the most happiness. I would be, I'd frankly, I'd love to hear it from you, but I'm sure that for example, pursuing this has brought you the challenges and the run up the mountain that brings you the joy on the view. Oh, and it's sure. so, it's so easy at the minute. It's so easy because we just get shown the view from the mountain. Mm. Also getting shown the view from the mountain, from the perspective of a camera that we can never see that perspective. We never will see that perspective because um, the way we see it through our own eyes is so different. And so we're seeing the view of the mountain from a view that's not even human. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. It's to say that, um, the experience of our lives is certainly strange at the minute. And I can understand why everyone or why people, particularly in our generation might feel confused at why 
some things seem elusive and we're in a time of immense convenience and we're in a time where we forget and I forget that it is literally the challenges and fully taking the risks that gives me such joy. But that's the opposite of safety. And that is mm. hilarious because I still look for so much safety every freaking day. You know, I look for safety and assurance and things in myself and people around me look for not with ill intent. You just look for this and you're like, man, that's not where, that's not where my adventure is. And my the adventures is what has led me to most of my happiness. Well, the adventure is a life well lived, isn't it? And, you know, you gave that analogy there of the view at the top of the mountain. And I can speak for myself in saying that it's lovely when you drive to the top of a lookout and you look over at the view on the coast or whatever's down below and you go, this is amazing. But let me tell you, it's bloody 10 times more amazing when you have to run to the top. And when you do that work and you go on that journey, it makes it all the more worthwhile. And that's what I've experienced over the course of these last two and a half years. Like I, I got to a point after a year where I was like, I had no money. I remember being at North beach kiosk and my card declining and going, Oh God, like I need my house to settle. It was settling in like the next week. And I was very fortunate that the real estate market had looked after me. It done, it done wonders in the space of that year. Yes. And it bought me then the opportunity to continue chasing this dream. But I remember that feeling of being on the ropes, back against the wall, just dodging punches left, right and center and coming out swinging and being so happy. And just thinking that I'm so far from what I used to think would bring me happiness. But in this moment right now, sitting across from someone um, with two mics in front of us or having a conversation or being on a run with mates, like I'm just so simple, like those simple things as, you know, no pun intended there are, <laughs> are just the most beautiful parts of life. It's experiences, it's moments are the things that are so rich and it, it is true wealth. And mm. I've been so blessed to go on that journey and, and find the things that actually set my soul on fire in life at such a young age. Cause not many people, some people never do. Some people it takes, you know, many watershed moments along the journey to figure out that they've been on the wrong path for an, an entire lifetime. But I guess we're blessed. We're in our twenties and we're living it. Oh man. And we, we got to have, we got to have some more foresight, which is again, hard. And I'm as guilty as anyone because we're in this very like want it now and want it now more than ever. And I guess like when else, like when else in, my 20s, your 20s, when else are you going to take those risks? Like, you, And you can, and it's not to say that you shouldn't when you're um, 40 or 50. That's actually, life's got to be lived. So, yeah, take those risks. But insofar as if we really think about now, like like for me, so like I'm here, I'm, I'm I feel responsible to my family and to the label and doing this, but that's a joy, a joy. You know, it's a pressure, but it's also an immense joy and it makes me feel proud and it gives me mm. gives me energy and gives me life um but like like my folks said to me 10 years ago they're like you know you got no mortgage you got you know no kids you know you haven't got a dog or a partner like like there couldn't be an easier time so although it's scary and we should that pressure man like oh my god the pressure to have everything figured out now like it's a it's 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 just not reality based when we, if we really dive down into it, like it's just not reality based to have that expectation and no wonder people feel like they simply can't reach, reach that expectation because like also when we think to what, 
we think of a static moment. I think of a static moment when I have those mirages and I think of it as a static moment and having it, it figured out. And like, that's just, I think it is one of our biggest illusions, you know, and that trip you met me on, you know, when we met again at the North beach kiosk, you know, like that was just me. That was me cruising down, cruising back up the coast from Marimbula, you know, on a much needed, just in my van, because at the end of the day, the craziest thing is, is that you put me in my van sleeping in random car parks like we were on some road trip. Like that is still what I do for like my, when I'm going on holiday, like, yeah, I, I love, love that. that stuff. You know, like me and my, me and my buddy playing, I think we were even playing hacky sack that day at North Beach. Kiosk, you were, right? you were too. Yeah. You know, like, like that's like, that stuff's how I spend my downtime, you know? So I could go and do plenty of other things but in reality like you talked about in the bare bones of things like it's just you know continually important in my life to keep and but it's so easy to forget man like we have those moments and you have those insights and then you forget you know all of a sudden you're a week later back on back telling yourself some same story that's just making you unhappy and so it's just important for us to in our days and our weeks and months and years and lives to um continue to really like unabashedly connect with what what that is and for me one of those things is it's crazy but sitting at the coffee shop overlooking something and taking that moment like it brings me immense joy it does i think it's a massive luxury going away and camping in my van and you know and being and not having a plan makes me so happy and doing both you know we're definitely creatures of habit and we're creatures of adventure and it's just this again but that ebb and flow which is just i guess what we're all what I'm learning, maybe you're learning as well, is like just the ebb and flow of things and being comfortable with that because it seems to me that like that safety and staticness that I do so have a desire mm. as much as anyone doesn't doesn't seem to be lead me to being fulfilled. It's mm. crazy. I, I can speak to that too. So we just had a brief intermission. Zoom, Zoom wants me to upgrade basically is what they're saying to me. They just sent me the upgrade message. We hit the 40-minute time cap, but we're back, new link. And I'm, I'm really intrigued, Ziggy. Like we spoke there a little bit about expectation of life. And I guess with music, you know, you, you come up with a new song, you work really hard on it. You love what the meaning and the message is behind it. You know, it sounds good. You release it or you, or you put out an album or you go to play a tour with that comes a sense of, I think, even if you try hard not to, a sense of expectation on what your hopes and dreams are for that and, and the success that you want to see that song have or that record tour have. For yeah. you, how do you deal with expectation and how do you stay on top of or stay outside of your own head in those moments? Seeing music, it's actually pretty easy because for some reason in music I don't have a lot of those expectations it's like I, I the rest of my life I have lots of those expectations but mm. in music I already achieved I never imagined I'd achieve what I have achieved it wasn't even on my radar and that's the crazy thing with music is that like I'm just for example with this new album that's coming out in in November dancing in the dark like I'm just completely engrossed that I gave everything I possibly could to it 
and I've already had so many songs so well received it blows my mind and so like in music I literally don't have a lot of those expectations which sounds ridiculous but that's where I'm saying music in some ways is an anomaly in my life like I don't I hardly overthink music and that's crazy because I overthink a lot of things but music's just this this thing I guess it makes sense, you know, having heard what you've discussed today and heard the stories you've shared. I think, like you said, and probably the biggest message of this whole podcast here today is that sense of if you are genuinely doing what you love for the love of it, then the rest doesn't matter. It'll work out and it'll work out how, like whether it works out on paper by what society would call success or whether it works out by you just being able to rock up every day and do what you love, then that's that's enough and you know i think that's the pure love the pure joy and pure passion is what you're just describing on top of it um what's crazy and i think this is a this is something like when i look to when i look to nature as an example if you look to principles of nature and you look to what a tree does with its seeds and how much life can burst from a tree from one tree or from one seedling what that does over time like i really don't think I don't see a limitation on success and commercial approach insofar as that's saying I'd love to like hopefully encourage and or um, support people who are on that path. Like the irony of my whole approach in music, because I, I also love, like I love business. I love marketing. I love all that stuff. I love like marketing gets a terrible rap because it's often telling a false story, but good marketing, like to reference a Patagonia book, um, called the responsible company no it was the grassroots activist book they put out and you know marketing can be telling an honest story well and there's nothing wrong with that and so i guess um the irony of some of my approach is that like my core value to independence is what mm. has for example attracted you to want to speak to me yeah like be a key point as the irony is what would seem like an inhibiting factor has been a defining factor and so i'd really love to support people out there who and that is a narrative that is changing and is a beautiful part of of this generation this time is it is a narrative changing the patagonians of the world have shown you that it is possible and people do care about how things are made and are caring more and more about the ethics behind behind a business and the thing is is i actually i'm like well if in nature there's examples of incredible um, proliferation or um, abundance, uh, why is why why do we feel like we've got to cut edges to do that? You know, why do we still have massive corporate entities that, like, they could literally, I think, do as good, if not better. Sure, you might not make, maybe you wouldn't make the same margins, but that margin's being made in a false reality that literally can't stack up for more than a generation or two. Like it, it just can't, it's not based on reality. Mm. You know, we, we, if we poison the river enough, like we won't have water to drink. So the way we practice things can't poison every river. And that's just to say though, in a positive business sense, I'm like, for example, doing the green touring stuff that I was very inspired by shout out Jack Johnston, who five years ago, I got to meet briefly and inspired me a lot around green touring. Like that would seem like it is more expensive to tour. It is a more effort. It's more admin, but it's another reason people actually wanted to come to my show. And so yeah. the irony of the irony of, of having your value base be at the forefront of what you're doing is it has actually given me 
um, the success that I have, even though by inference, doing the thing that was more expensive or harder or not the shortcut, if you want to speak to a more limited um, typical corporate sense for a lack of a better word, that's not the way you do it because you're not going to get the margin. You're not going to do this. And I'm really, because I've experienced in my own life, I'm really passionate about business, really passionate about that. I've got no problem with people doing well. I think it's fantastic. People are, when people do well, the good value set, they can do more awesome things and support more awesome um, initiatives. And I think what's cool is we are in this time and hopefully, um, more and more people feel that way that like our values and defining factors, they aren't necessarily, they are limited. There may be some limitations, but like they have literally given me points of difference, even to, for example, speak on mandates and songs, which no one wants to talk about. I understand mm. it's a difficult topic. It's caused a lot of friction in our society. That has been a defining factor. And ironically, I just don't know if people, the funny part is I did it for me and it's brought me a whole new connection to people. And so it's just an interesting thing that I just really want to encourage people for whatever their path looks like, that some of those things you may consider to be limiting actually may be defining. And that's been true of my whole career doing house shows, playing to 50 people, created beautiful connection. That is the basis of everything that I have. But if you look at that in a sense, if you talk to someone, talk to a lot of musicians, it'd be like, oh, yeah, only that's only small and that can never grow. Well, it's actually, I think, one of the only ways you can have responsible, sustainable growth is playing to that 50 people and coming back and playing to 100 people because you create intimate, real connections. And that's the opposite of being broadcasted to the most of our people. You're having conversations one-on-one. And your podcast probably through the intimacy will grow because it's intimate, you know, and in this time where we want to, or we have the opportunity to have an approach where we get broadcasted to, we broadcast our lives or our business to the whole world. Like it's like, there's so much noise out there. It's impossible. You got to sift through like a whole desert. And it's just to say that some of those things you might consider to be limitations in your personal life or in your business, maybe defining factors. And for me in my music career, often those things that people would have considered to be like, oh, you didn't take that deal. You won't do as well. Oh, you're not taking that festival because you don't want your fans to come and be in that environment because it doesn't fit, you know, and now you're letting down an opportunity. I mean, I just got the Jack Johnson support on the back of not playing for like the better part of a couple of years doing these albums, probably because of the time I took away. The, the limiting factors around how I was operating have now provided an opportunity to play with, you know, the GOAT, big JJ, you know. And so it's just to say we, we should be mindful or we could be mindful around what we consider to be limiting versus defining factors in both our personal lives and um our businesses and our projects because for me many of those have actually been the reason I have success you know you know it's so well said Ziggy and you know if anyone right here listening to this or watching this right now has a pen or their phone in front of them write down what you may think is limiting could actually be defining because I love that so much and that's something that I've a big part of what I embrace in my story is I try to be as authentic as possible and for me, a big part of that, big part of my DNA, the fabric of who I am is having cystic fibrosis. And whilst it presents a challenge on 
one end of the spectrum, it has given me the story and the opportunity to change people's lives on the other end through my actions, through the way that I live my life. And I'm so blessed to have that. So, you know, I stood on a stage in front of 220 people from a pharmaceutical company recently. And I said to them that cystic fibrosis outside of my family, of course, has been my biggest blessing and greatest teacher. And you could see this sense of like confusion in people's faces. Like, what does he mean by that? But I'm like, well, it's given me a story to tell. And because of it, I'm resilient. I understand what I want. I'm purpose driven. It makes me who I am. And that there, that is pure, like that to a definition is your limitations can be what define you and your success and the path of your life. So hearing you say that, I I resonate with that so much and I'd encourage everyone. It is a major challenge, might I add. It is a major challenge to look yourself in the mirror, see exactly who you are. It's hard enough to figure out exactly who you are. It takes time. It takes exploration. And I think we're all figuring out little new bits about ourselves every day. It's like a relationship with yourself. But when you understand who you are and what you want from life, I think the quickest way to get there and the the most honest, authentic way to get there is just to be who you are and to let it happen. And that's where all the joy comes from. You know, there's a reason that there's 27 million people in Australia, because if we're all the same, we'd probably only need one, you know, Mm -hmm. embrace your authenticity. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. It makes me think of even someone like Wim Hof's story, who the whole Wim Hof method has been a big part of my life for the last couple of years mm. and how I've changed my own chemistry and watched countless people around me and all around the world. You know, like he, this guy called Wim Hof, shout out Wim. I don't know him personally, but um, this Dutch guy who, you know, the basis of his method came from him. Uh, his wife took her life. And, you know, he was left with four kid, little kids, you know, and talk about like, uh, you know, no stable job, no, none of that, no security, nothing. And um, came up with this method through, you know, making sure he was there for his kids and how he did this whole breathing method and this cold, cold water therapy. And that has defined that crazy, crazy experience. I wish upon no one has literally made, him and who he is and saved so many people's lives and so many people's health has turned around. Like it is insanity, you know, and it's, it's certainly something to consider. And that, you know, like you said, that, that self-acceptance into man, like, as in, there's no doubt, like it's still hard for me for all the joy that I've had and all the beautiful things that have come out of songs that have come out of this deep welling or this deep like battle within yourself that have offered me and connected me to so many people, even with that right in front of me, it's still hard to face yourself and love the things that you find hardest to love about yourself. That stuff's still hard. And that's where it doesn't matter how many people listen to music, you still face that every day. You know, you still face what your challenges are every day. And it's just that, um, you know, we're lucky to have people around us who show show us that love and you ultimately, hopefully, cultivate that through, you know, through your own life. That's obviously hugely important. And, I think that that would then I would touch on your question you asked me before. I didn't didn't even I guess answer how I keep going back, and I think that's where my practices outside of music, you know, to keep my head out when I've got those expectations. That's where my meditation is a big thing for me. My yoga is a big thing. Such cliches, but they just truly are. Um, Wim Hof, a big thing for me. A sense of adventure because those are all things. 
Um, songwriting itself, you know, I love just pulling up on the couch and writing songs and being inspired. Those, those things keep me in my um, expectations in check. But I also really like, I really like discipline in my own life as far as like there's this, this is, I've actually never talked about this before. Um, there's this, there's a guy called Dan Millman who wrote The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And he has this fun little life numbers app. Um, I don't have any promo code, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, but it's funny, but in this thing, which is quite uncanny for me and my personal numbers was um, personal life numbers are based on my birthday. Um, was about freedom through discipline. And that's been true for me. I mean, I didn't drink at all from 21 to 25. I didn't have a drop of alcohol. Like just did all my touring through that time um, completely sober. Bear in mind, so thankful because I think would have died if I was under any more pressure physically than what I was at the time. Um, there's all these things where like my discipline is, does give me my freedom. You know, it does give me an immense amount of joy. And so those things also outside of music, when I'm on tour, for example, when I've got these big album things coming up, I focus as much on that as I do on all the other goals I'm trying to achieve personally, like making sure I get up and do my meditation and get up and do my yoga and be fit and strong and healthy. That's my, you know, things that I probably yeah. focus on so much because if I only focused on the music, it'd probably be too daunting. So even when I've got a big show, my whole day is focused about Am I getting my business stuff done? Have, have I done my meditation and my stretches? Have I like, it's funny, I almost focus completely on everything else. Maybe yeah. that's my coping mechanism, you know, but then I, and then I walk on a stage and I do my thing, you know, because otherwise it'd be too much pressure. So I guess my foundations of what I write about and things I'm passionate about in my personal life that have formed the foundation of my songwriting, those are things I continue to focus on. And it may sound quite obvious to you, but it's not obvious to me. I said to the boys when I was on the surf trip, I was like, I think pushing myself in waves and my put to be the, the best surfer I can be, or as much as apt in the water, as much of a waterman as I possibly can. I think that's as important as my music. But even I forget that. I think that forms as much a foundation in as music. I think without it, like I can't live with one or the other. They are really intertwined. And so having those really personal things outside of my career seems to be important. And those personal things are largely around trying to be strong and healthy and vital and pushing myself athletically is also, is a huge passion for me, you know, and that helps take some of the pressure off the music, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's so well said. And I can resonate with that in many areas of my life. Like I'm so much better for it and so much, so much more up for the day ahead you know, conversation wise and storytelling wise, when I've been for my run in the morning, when I jump in the ocean, you know, when I sit down and, and have a coffee and just think and write and do those sort of little, those disciplines, you know, you said something there and I don't know whether you've read this or know of it, but you said discipline equals freedom, which is the name of um, Jocko Willink, the Navy SEALs book. Is it? Yeah. There you go. I didn't yeah. know that. So he, you I'll know, have to read it. I'm big on that. And it's, you know, it's having those little disciplines in your life, like you said, creates an ability to feel free in the things that you you love and want to explore. You know, I also hear you speak there about enjoying and having many passions. And I think that's a misconception with a lot of people is that if you're, um, if you're trying to succeed in one area of your life, you can't be su succeeding in other areas. Like it's a sing singular focus where, you know, there's actually a photo of Pharrell Williams above my bed. And, you know, I, I love Pharrell 
less for, I, I like some of his music, but I less love him for his music, but more so for a few of the things he talks about with like multiplicity and striving to achieve multiple things at once. And, and being a human being means that that's part of who we are. Wow. You know, we're multifaceted so cool. human that. beings. Yeah. He's got some like fascinating talks where he sits down and talks about these things. And, you know, I think it's so much of who we are and I think it's what keeps life exciting is the ability to adventure and explore many different things. And, and ultimately, you know, you're still so young, Ziggy. And whilst music is the thing that we all know you and love you for, it may not be the thing that we all know you for in 20 years. You know, conversation storytelling may not be the thing that everyone knows me for in 20 years. And I'd like to hope it is because I love it so much, as I can imagine you do too with music. But you don't know unless you try. You know, we only yes. know we love this because we put one foot in front of the other and keep moving in the direction of exploring it. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about life. Don't you think as well, like, this is something that that I find hard to keep in mind because we're quite identity-based in general, but particularly now, like, we want to be, right, I'm this person, like, I'm this person and this is kind of what it looks like and I'm a singer-songwriter and I'm this and it's this little package. Um it's kind of crazy how like it was more understood or I almost, I would speculate that it was more understood. You will have career changes when like generations before us had multiple career changes, looking at our folks mm. and perhaps what they, they have multiple ways they ultimately put food on the table. And it's um, again, holding on to that. This has got to be me forever. And this, and I, this is my identity and continuing to, come back to like your identity of why you're good at what you do in my opinion is because like you're you like connecting with people you're a people's person like you like you genuinely seem to enjoy speaking with people and that can permeate through podcast that could almost permeate through a radio show that could also permeate through um being a mediator on someone else's podcast like in in the sense that that driving force could be expressed in many ways. I love, 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 love writing poetry and did the poetry book as a result of something that was just another passion in writing. You know, writing seems to be my passion and has been for a long time. And I may explore writing in a heap of other forms that are yet that I yet have. And um, so I completely agree with you. We've got to, it's daunting, man. It's daunting. I find it personally at the minute kind of daunting because it's easy like i'm in this re-entering a space with touring coming up and this crazy little bubble of two and a half years where i basically turned into a recording artist you know just did albums did about three albums in this last couple of years and to go back into this space re-enter into that whole space of touring i'm really excited about but it's kind of daunting because it certainly felt like with these really big shows i did a couple of years ago, like it was an absolute moment in time and it may never happen again. Well, it won't happen again. It will be different even if it looked the same, but just to say that it's crazy to have had all the things that I already have in my life. Cause I never planned to have them. And it's like, that's where the void at the minute is for me. I have to try and continue to be comfortable in the void of holy, you know, holy heck, I'm heading back out into the world again. In And it's going to be different this time. And I haven't done it in a couple of years. And I'm a different person. This last couple of years, like, I'm, I'm sure you've grown a lot through this last couple of years. And so has, you know, pretty much anybody who's been willing to has had to grow in order to survive. And so it's pretty crazy. It's going to be pretty crazy. I've lived this whole exactly polar life the last couple of years. I live in a small town, a little shack, and which I freaking love. And, you know, got amazing neighbours and just, 
kids all playing out in the street. And it's just like, and my life that people would perhaps know me for all that time on stage and stuff, or, you know, going back to play these Jack Johnson shows. I mean, I come back to gong. Yes. The girls told me we're coming back to gong. September 30. And I'm absolutely gutted because I'm, I fly into Melbourne no. that morning. Yeah. <laughs> that morning. Dude. I was like, you're come kidding, on. but are, are you going to be in Sydney? I will be in Sydney for the Jack shows. I think we're playing. I'm doing his support at maybe it's at the opera house yep. on the outside stairs. Um, and yeah, so like, as in, yeah, please come down to that. That'll be, it'll be hilarious. It'll be awesome. Eight yeah, year old me will be stoked. Yeah, that's, that's exciting, isn't it? And, you know, I've got to ask if you're now collaborating with Jack Johnson, he's had Ben Stiller in a video clip. Who are we reaching for in your next? Who would I collaborate with? Great time, Jack Johnson. Who would I collaborate with if I could in a video? Oh man, this this answer is gonna this answer is gonna probably spin people out. <laughs> nah, I mean, what comes to mind? Just because it also just I'll share this with you. I have this like I have this little fun thing that like I say with my friends. For example, when I'm on a way on a trip. And like messing up with the life algorithm, for example. So like on the trip down south at one point, you know, like I went to, like we went to the RSL. One like went to RSL, like like had a schnitty and a beer, put some money on the kino, and then like went to the pokies room and played pokies. Like just the last thing that anyone expect me to be doing. I just <laughs> love doing some of that stuff because I'm just as like human. And we, and oh my god, I was crying with laughter. Shout out to my good buddy Harry Peters and. You know, we hit a, obviously I don't play um, pokies very much with my language, as you can tell. Um, so I think we hit a, what's it called? It hit a special. And anyway, um, and he just had this, he just started dancing and I was on the floor crying. Like I couldn't stop laughing. And <laughs> I just love, I love in life, like also just doing really random things like that, that are totally, because we're not like, we're not on brand. Human beings aren't on brand. And like, it, that, that's not. another pressure to be like, to be like this and look back and design. Like, like, dude, like I love, I went, I hopped on a dirt bike the other day and it was so much fun, so dangerous and probably centered a bit hard. But like, I just love doing random stuff and having those random experiences and also having very visceral, totally hilarious experiences. Like going to the pokies room, my buddy having me crying on the floor because like, it was just too hilarious. And that's like, for me, I have this phrase of like stuffing up the life algorithm, you know, life, life algorithms, like that's just not what we had planned for you. And I'm like, well, I'm here. And um, so if I was going to do a collab on a, a video in that vein, like a Rick and Morty episode comes to mind for me. <laughs> that's my guilty it. pleasure is Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like you know, that, if I could collaborate on a music video with them, no one would understand, but I would be immensely happy. So left of center, but so worth it. <laughs> so worth it. I love that, brother. I want, I want to, before we dive into these five questions and five answers, I want to quickly touch on, on one thing. And, you know, firstly, before anyone panics, you know, we've spoken a little bit about tour dates. I will make sure that everything is in the show notes so everyone's got access to where they can get tickets exact dates all of your socials and all of these things so don't panic people it'll all be there but I, I really want to ask you sort of one last question before we get into our five more rapid fire ones and you mentioned there before you started the label common folk with your old man and and your sis was it yes what, what role has family played in your life because I know you know the audience is probably sick of hearing me talk about mine 
but uh, you know, mine are just my, they're my everything. I love them dearly and I always save, you know, they say you can't choose your family, but if you could, I'd pick mine every day of the week. So I'm really interested here of sort of their role and how they, how they represent as the human beings and the support systems in your life. Hmm. Yeah, man. I'm, um, I'm one of six kids. Oh, wow. Um, so huge family. My, my mum is Hungarian and she, um, her and her, her and her parents and her brother, um, escaped communism to get here when she was about 10 or 11, um, from, from Hungary, went to Austria first, um, cause it was obviously well illegal and you would have been, you know, jailed and or killed for escaping. Um, mm. And they did, and they made it out here, left everything behind, made it out here. Um, and my dad is Aussie, but his father is Dutch and his mum is uh, English. And my, I don't know much about how my grandma, well, my grandma arrived here with my grandfather from England, but my, um, my Dutch family um, were in the Dutch underground during the war, so were hiding people and kid were hiding a, a Jewish family uh, and an American pilot um, amongst other things. And yeah, he died for, I mean, he was found out and he died for doing so. He got killed for doing so. And I actually got to meet the American pilot's son when I was touring oh, wow. America, which was amazing, you know, to see what, what good can be done on a generational level, even if it literally costs someone their life, you know, it's incredible. And Somehow, my folks met in Brisbane. Um, they met in Brisbane at a university. My dad was doing a carpooling, carpooling campaign with like Coca-Cola or something, was trying to do a carpooling thing, which was already a problem traffic in the city, you know, thing outside yeah. the box. And my mum was teaching aerobics. And I'm sure my dad was just there at the uni actually trying to pick up, you know. I'm sure all that was a big facade, knowing him um, and his deep love for womankind. Um, and they met and... Um, yeah, and I'm one of six, which is unbelievable, which is pretty damn cool. And much like you said, man, family is um, has been pretty much everything. Um, and we're all big personalities. Oh, my God, we can argue. And have we argued the last couple of years? Absolutely. But the, the love and trust is just so cool. Um, I grew up homeschooled. I was homeschooled until I was 13. And so I was obviously super tight with my family as a result of that you know mm. we're homeschooled but we were homeschooled and we on top of it surfed did surf comps did skate comps did martial arts the whole kit and caboodle so i do i have to immensely credit my parents for being at that time homeschooling your kids in the early 2000s and late 90s like it's like are you trying to hurt them like it wasn't trendy you know it was like are you trying to ruin their life yeah. and so i owe a lot to being myself because because I had the opportunity to be myself, you know, inform that, which I give a huge, huge, huge amount of love and respect and credit to people who managed to within a school and a normal schooling system to be individuals, because the thing isn't designed for you to be individuals. It's not saying it's good or bad. It's saying it's not designed for individuals. It's designed for conformity because with that amount of people and kids in a classroom, you need conformity. And yeah, so to, to live an out of the box life, and I was just I had a, I had a, I had it easy in that way. Um, so I owe a lot to them, and I, I mean I've I worked so I started the label with my older sister and my father, and then my 
we got my auntie on the label almost straight away. And now I've got both my aunties on the label. And then I have my brother-in-law who's next room over. As in both my aunties are here, my brother-in-law is next room over. Um, my younger brother works here part-time. He just started a band called Sundu, which I'm so stoked about because he taught me my first guitar chords, you know, 11, 12 years ago. You know, so now it's amazing. He's finally doing music as well. And my other little brother, I was my, was, was my like, chef on the world tour we did because oh, there's wow. so much weight, so much waste in trying to make, imagine trying to do 30 meals a day takeaway. Like yeah. you just, besides the cost of it, like the actual waste is immense. And so us together decided, you know, he's amazing. He's amazing, you know, Spiro runner, you know, um, chef dude, shout out Khan. And um, so, yeah, man, as you can hear by that explanation, you know, we now have one, two, now we have four people on the label who aren't family. But like one of them, my my mate who I used to tour with, Matt Sorensen, who's from Cronulla, um, he, you know, he's sitting across this wall from me, you know, and I, we've known each other. I mean, he was hosting one of the first house shows I ever did, and so family of blood and blood and you know blood and values um, has been everything for me as well, has been a huge driving factor, um, immense driving factor, and I, I'm sure in time. Um, It'll be interesting in time having my own family. I don't have my own family yet and having my own family would be really interesting and it's something very daunting, but something I look forward to sometime in the future. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I'd, I don't know what I'd do without them because music's hectic and being able to have the yeah. trust that I do, like, like the trust I've had. My sister is, was my first and still she was my first manager ever. Um, back mm. in 2015 and she you know has is she she's like she's the I pretend to be the boss but she's the boss and um you know she's top downing both the label and the publishing house she's kind of like now on my auntie's the GM now is the general manager of, of both and my sister's now just like she just top down to see everything she's full power woman got three little kids of her own and um and also tops down the whole business and so there is like no sleepless night I've had regarding that and how many stories have we heard in that regard I think a message I'd like to leave regarding whether that be family of family or family of blood or family of you know your values and your care for each other I reckon for what is hard about it, what's what is can be really challenging about the level of intimacy in each other's lives, you know, um, having people who care about you more than the success of your career seems to me to be mm. incredibly important. And they always cared more about me than anything I'm ever going to do professionally. And that lays foundation for to have support in many, many different decisions. And when I stopped touring at one point because I just needed a break because I was losing my mind, they're like, there's no, there's just no worries. And that's largely the sort of personalities I work with across the board, even in our third parties, our booking agents, stuff like that. They've been so supportive for the last couple of years. Yeah. So, man, you know, um, much like what you said, you know, um, you don't get to choose your family, but, I, you know, I'm so inspired by my family. I'm so inspired by them. You know, I'm inspired by my older siblings and I'm inspired by my younger siblings. You know, they all have, I, I look up to all of them immensely. So I love that. And 
very inspired by the life my parents chose to leave, which is which was not easy. And you know, and like like I said, they've laid they paved the way to doing things different. You know, and they did it themselves and have come from pretty crazy backgrounds and have made and made the life they truly want to live. You know, rented beach shacks along the coast and homeschooled their kids. You know, and that was their dream, and they did it despite all their pressure. So, much like you, man, it's um, um, it's a lot of fun, and life would be lonely without it, wouldn't it? Yeah, that warms the heart. I love to hear that, brother. An incredible message there too. I want to dive into these five questions and answers with you. This forms five part questions. of the show. Five minutes. Like five questions, five minutes exactly, which is like a beautiful conclusion to the end of the show or an incredible trailer for the people who maybe are a little bit time poor and want to check out that before they dive into the full app. So I'll kick it off with question number one. If you could recommend one book or one podcast to someone listening, what would it be? Illusions. By Richard Bach. Incredible. It's a 70s, 70s author and, um, and his work is still so good. And I read that book a couple of times a year. I love that. All the goodies that you go back to. Put that one on the list, people. Question number two is a skill that you'd recommend mastering that significantly improved your life. I want to say discipline yeah because it's it lays a foundation for for my meditation and for my ice baths and for my breath work and for my yoga so discipline's my answer there man it's given me a lot of freedom as we said discipline equals freedom those magic words i'll have to read the book for sure i've probably got to read it too i've listened to more podcasts around it than i've read the whole thing but yeah powerful message the third question i guess encourages a little bit of vulnerability here it's the one challenge you face that's required the most growth and resilience to overcome. Probably the, one of the biggest aha moments I ever had in my life was a couple of years ago and it was through meditation as cliche as that is. I realized that for most of my life, I'd been scared of my thoughts. I've been scared of my thinking space and battled usually with that. And honestly still find when I'm really tired, that is one of my biggest personal challenges. I get scared of my thinking space, which is where all my beautiful realizations come from as well. But that yin and yang balance, I think, Mm. you know, oh man, undoubtedly the biggest challenge of, of my life is being at peace with my own internal space. And it has led me to all my it's the why i have all the good things that i have it's why i have all those songs and have all these incredible things in my life and all the joy but undoubtedly the biggest has been the biggest challenge and we'll see if it remains the biggest challenge but i reckon um realizing that i had been scared of my own thinking on and off since i was like six that's was a such a joy to realize um it didn't solve it but it was a joy to realize that um but that has been and was and may still be for a while yet. Yeah, I just have to be patient. Being scared of your internal space and where you might go and the infiniteness of that, I've found daunting in my life, which may sound crazy because that infinite space is where all of the songs, I can't explain to you how I've written all these songs. I don't, can't tell you exactly how they come to life because it's a mystery to me. But the, the, the light and dark 
everyone sees the light in my professional life of, of that. And yeah. on the other side of that, I've experienced immense fear around that, that, that space. That's not, that's beyond ways I can describe. And so that's been the biggest challenge, but it's also been the greatest gift that I have and accepting it as the greatest gift is, is the challenge. Very well said. Question number four is, I'm going to change this one up for you specifically. Your favourite Ziggy Albert song? <laughs> it's going to be everyone's favourite song and it's called Rewind and it comes out September 9th. It hasn't even been announced, so there you go. I can't wait. Leaving us on a cliffhanger. The last question, my favourite question of the five is, if you could share one message with the world and encourage them to act on it, what would that message be? Today, it is, we are players on opposite teams of the same game and that in order to not have mortal enemies, we must have mutual opposition and that's only possible through love and that is how we will come through every single every single challenge and every single facade around separation between each other mate so beautifully said and just before that timer expires ladies and gentlemen it's been my absolute pleasure to host the incredible ziggy alberts thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for being here brother thanks man absolute joy let's talk again soon definitely Thank you.